0: Today on uh, the News and Why It Matters, the Young Turks had some uh, pretty disgusting, offensive things to say about Dan Crenshaw. Uh, poor Sean Spicer, he can't catch a break. And a possible Republican challenger for Donald Trump in Ooh-hoo. 2020. A lot to get into. It Starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by Mr. Glenn Beck. Yay! Yay. Stubergear. Boo! Wow. You were right on that. shouldn't have <laughs> booed
1: <been> myself. <Yeah. laughs>
0: and uh, TheBlaze.com's Aaron Cullen. Thank you for being here, Aaron. Applause. Thank, thank you very much. And you missed our green memo.
2: Yes. I did. I did. But I us back.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. You can, you can still be okay. in the club then. Uh, got a lot to get into. First, we want to thank our sponsor, American Financing.
2: American Financing, uh, the people that uh, I trust to refinance, purchase, uh, or do anything that you want to do with your home loans. Um, I'm, in fact, refinancing right now. I have a like a 4.7, I think, uh, interest rate and get it down to 4 at least and lock it in. I highly recommend that you um, take this moment of relative prosperity and uh, and lock things down because storms are coming. I don't know when, but storms are coming. These people work for you. They don't work for the bank. So if you're looking to buy a new home, now's the time. If you're looking to refinance, now is the time. Just call American Financing at 800-906-2440. It's Americanfinancing.net.
0: Uh, so Hassan Piker, I guess is his name. He's part of the uh, the Young Turks uh, programming. And he had some really, really interesting things to say uh, about Representative Dan Crenshaw. Um, I want to get all of your thoughts on it, but let's watch the uh, the clip first.
3: I can't do this. this. guy has the understanding of foreign policy of, of like a 12 year old. What the f***? What the f- is wrong with this dude? Didn't he go to war and like literally lose his eye because some mujahideen, a brave f- soldier, f- his eye hole with their? D-? Isn't that how he lost his f- dumbass eye? Because he got his f- eye hole f- by a brave soldier? Didn't he learn that there's a difference between like military bases and, and diplomacy?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what a moron.
3: You go from Kevin Williamson's like 19 syllable words to that. There's a, quite the
2: difference. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I watched this last night and it immediately pissed me off. I mean, the, the disrespect here is just, how dare you? How dare you? And you're calling terrorists, you're calling them brave soldiers. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, maybe, maybe they do believe in what they say. They're willing to blow themselves up. Okay, so they're brave soldiers. But he's not. He's not. Um, the disrespect and the, the arrogance and, coupled with the ignorance is just um, just overwhelming. And, you know, I, I thought about it all day yesterday and I got up this morning and it's not worth it. I don't even know that guy's name. I'm not going to take the time to learn his name. <laughs> it, it's not important. Mm. You know, this is a perfect example of there's been these dopes that are wearing muscle shirts Ever since I was born, they're like, hey. Uh, and, uh, and they've been saying stupid stuff like that. Now, generally, we left them behind in high school. Mm-hmm. But that's the kind of stupid stuff that you've heard from dopes like this. Mm-hmm. And we used to all just move on. But now, if he says it, and he's got a, he's got a computer in his basement, <laughs> he can say it and everybody looks at it, and then they get mad at him. And then what does he do? He becomes famous, more power, whatever. He is not worth our time.
0: I mean, do you worry, though, about the change in culture?
2: Hello, 2012. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. That's been going on for a long time. Mm -hmm. This This is a massive pivot. I mean, I can't even imagine... I mean, look at how much trouble I got in, you know, 10 years ago for things I said. I never said anything, Mm -hmm. anything like that. Look at Bill Maher. Bill Maher got fired from ABC, which I stuck up for him, um, right after uh, 2001, the Mm -hmm. 9-11 terrorist attacks. And he said kind of the same thing. He said, well, at least there's... No, this was not nearly as bad as that. (laughs) No, but... For the time, mm, it was very, you know, he said to... at least their soldiers are brave. They're willing to go down with the plane. Mm, well, yeah. so are ours. But, um, you know, we, we prefer not to. Yeah. Um, but he got fired for that. And that was everywhere. Everyone, everyone was outraged by that. Everyone, both sides. This
0: yeah,
3: it's a blip. So. Yeah, I mean, look, Bill Maher also has a profile that uh, this guy does not have, though. I will say it's not just a guy in his basement, right? It's part of the Young Turks. It's they've got a 20 million dollar capital investment from uh, big time people in Hollywood. Um, so the fact that this is uh, tied to that is, is somewhat notable. I will say also like Dan Crenshaw seems like uh, a really good guy and a smart guy and, you know, potentially like a, a future star in the Republican Party at some point, like it, something he had like it's not his fault but like we have to stop focusing on hey the guy's got a patch on his eye right like i that has to not be the story every single time we hear from dan crenshaw well, no
2: no wait 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 we're only hearing that from the same people who say don't say that they're differently yeah. able. Don't, don't say that don't be so ableist mm-hmm. i mean you say you said anything about somebody wearing an eye patch or had cross eyes or uh, god for god forbid you know cataracts on their eyes and you you'd say something about them well I don't think they're that smart oh really you have a problem with people with cataracts (laughs) I mean look at what's happening they don't care they don't care about climate change they don't care about ableists they don't care about any of it they're just using it as a tool to in his case foment revolution
1: but to Stu's point about Crenshaw on how he's a good guy, I mean, I think that's why you see that he's such a target. Mm-hmm. He's, he's somebody who has appeal that can possibly reach a mainstream, a more mainstream audience than maybe other Republican politicians. And to the left, that's a threat. You know, it's a threat to see somebody on his trajectory um, in politics. And so they target him with these attacks, not on policy, not on he doesn't say anything really controversial. I mean, he has pretty standard views on most things, I think. But you see them attack him with such anger, with such viciousness. I think it's because they see what he can become and what impact he can have, yeah. and they want to try to maybe take him down early so that four years from now, eight years from now, he's not somebody that they have to deal with on a larger scale.
2: And his his responses—I haven't seen one yet from on, on this—but his responses are always great. Mm-hmm. He doesn't he we, doesn't care.
0: Yeah, we have a, a tweet from him responding to this. He says that uh, Hassan seems to confuse improvised explosive device with some weird terrorist fantasy. Sorry for triggering you, Hassan. You're no Pete Davidson. Stop trying so hard.
3: Excellent. He handles these things Excellent. very, very well. Very well. It's honestly like I love that it. it was right when he did that with Pete Davidson. It's like you're just like this guy's different, right? Like this is a guy that can step up and actually not try to take advantage of this. People forget that this happened, like, what, two days before his election? What an easy thing to take advantage of, get sympathy, become the victim. And, you know, a guy like him, he's not, he doesn't want to be the victim. And that's what we used to be in, in, in America. It used that's to what, be a, a country that wanted to avoid being the victim instead of just constantly praising that and, side of and
2: it. And that's what happens uh, when a country loses faith in itself. The reason why Dan handles this, he is he, a SEAL.
3: Yeah, this is nonsense. I mean, though. this
2: is nonsense. I, really? I, I've had people try to you know, kill me. I've, I've, I've had, you know, an explosive device go off in my face and I'm still standing and I'm, I'm now a congressman. I don't care what you say. And, and that, that was the sign of an American. You, you could say anything about American. We knew who we were. This is only taking root in us because we don't know who we are anymore.
0: What would you say to all of the many people calling for this guy to be fired for his
2: no, you, you want those people to expose themselves. They'll look. This is a this is really. I don't know how it ends, but this is a phase. It's a phase. This is going to pass. McCarthyism. It passed. Um, you know the, uh, uh, the the craziness in the '30s with the Nazi with the Nazis in America. It passed. The Klan. It's passed. Mm-hmm. You know it will burn itself out. Um, you don't really have to fight this. This is so insane, so rude, so horrible
3: um, that. Nobody wants to be standing with that. Um, I will say I do not want to pay for his unemployment. Uh, So I want him to keep it. And this is a perfect place for him to be employed. That's exactly where he should be. He should be at the Young Turks Network. You know, if anybody knows what the Young Turks... That's exactly where I was going. Can I give you this? Yeah. This is from the International Association of Genocide Scholars. Okay. Okay. Um, And uh, this comes from a 2005 letter they wrote to the Turkish government. Um, It says hundreds of independent scholars who have no affiliations with governments who expand many countries and nationalities over the course of decades. The scholarly evidence reveals the following. Under the cover of World War II, the young Turk government of the Ottoman Empire began a systematic genocide of of Armenian citizens, an unarmed Christian minority population. More than a million Armenians were exterminated through direct killing, starvation, torture, and forced death marches. The rest of the Armenian population fled into permanent exile, thus, an ancient civilization the civilization was expunged from its homeland of 2,500 years, and they named the network after that group. Yeah, so can now you,
1: that makes more sense now to see somebody <laughs> saying exactly. on, on the network.
3: Exactly. He's yeah. in the perfect spot. He should stay there forever. He should get a lifetime contract. Uh, I mean, can you imagine if, if, if we rename this the Nazi uh, network or the Khmer Rouge network or the Hutu network, no one, would, no one would accept that for a second. These guys named their network after a, a, an organization that wiped out 1.8 million people and chased a civilization out of their homeland of 2,500 years. They and everyone's
2: the, like, oh, let's give them $20 million. It's, the, it's the, the Young Turks are the reason we have the word genocide. Genocide, that word didn't exist until the Young Turks. The Young Turks were Hitler's inspiration. He watched the Young Turks kill 1.8 million people. And he said, if they can do it and the rest of the West doesn't care, I can take the Jews out. How many
1: in their audience do you think know that history well when they see that name? Do you think that's well known? Or do you think they just think, oh, that's an interesting name?
3: Yeah, because they were, they had, you know, they had the, a little spunk revolution little young young kids coming up revolution and they they were able to they were going to do a constitution yeah well once they got in power what did they do with it
4: mm-hmm. they
3: killed 1.8 million people i mean it's like you could you know there's probably a lot of people in germany who are like i don't know adolf might save the economy but he's kind of remembered for what happened after he got power and the fact that like this is an acceptable part of discourse after the things that they will read into what Donald Trump says when he says, oh, you know, uh, uh, I guess I'm the chosen one. He thinks he's God. <laughs> These guys named their network. That's not a flippant comment. And by the way. They named their network. Well, how did you name this network? The Blaze. After God. Uh, right. After the Blaze of God. The Blaze of yeah. The Blaze of God.
2: That will burn all imperfections out. You know, here's the thing: there's
3: thought um, that comes into those names. Is my point. And like, oh, yeah. it, you know, when you're the, you're planning your Young Turks, like you know what you're doing there. Look, if you
2: admired the Young Turks and you said, well, you know, they were this young group that came to power and they were just struggling for power, blah blah blah. Okay, tell me about the Armenian genocide. Yeah, they went wrong. They went wrong. <laughs> they were way off. They killed 1.8 <laughs> the million people. You can't but get he that says, with genocide. <laughs> right? But he says, I don't have enough information. I don't yep. know about the Armenian genocide. Yep. I don't have enough information. So he is a genocide denier, wow. a Holocaust denier. That, that they, they named it for the Young Turks, the ones who committed genocide. Mm.
1: So no, he's not getting fired.
0: Yeah. No. Well, but I hope he be, stays. Yeah. That's. I, I hope he stays. Well, I made he a should. good point I, that he he should be able to stay and spout what they truly believe. This is right. This.
2: Go ahead. Do that. This, these, the Young Turks are the ones responsible for Elon Omar, for uh, ocasio Cortez, for Rashida Tlaib, and, and Ringo Starr. Ringo Starr. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they're the ones responsible for it. So if that's who you want, literally picking, supporting, and propping up
3: your Congress people. How about it. Can we step back one more time? I know I just made this point, but I want to make it again. This, we should all remember this on the right next time we get all pissed off at somebody on the left and we want to get them fired. Mm-hmm. It, because of the system that's already set up, we are paying for their unemployment. You're going from a situation where some crazy left-wing organization is paying these people to you paying them. <laughs> that is not an improvement. I I don't know why everyone thinks this is such a great idea. You get these people fired, and then you wind up supporting them. It's a terrible idea.
2: Isolated, they become more disgruntled, and
3: they have free time. They're sitting instead of yamming on whatever you know, Twitchy or Twitch or whatever it is. They instead, it's they're now at home with like, I wonder how I can plan my revenge. These are not good outcomes. (laughs) Just let them keep. If some morons will continue to pay them, let it continue to happen. (laughs) Back in a minute. (laughs) <laughs> I want to give him free health care, and I want to give him employment, and I want to give him everything.
0: So former representative, Congressman Joe, Joe Walsh, of course he's a radio host now, he says that he is strongly considering launching a bid to challenge President Trump. We've got a couple, a couple clips of his remarks. Uh, let's watch.
4: The Republican Party will always, always regret the fact that they did not call this man out. Somebody has to. If you feel that way, are you running against him? I'm strongly, strongly considering it. That's, again, I'm not trying to be cute or coy. I've told you before, if somebody's going to get in there and go after him, John, it's got to be done soon. You're running out of time. But more importantly... These are not conventional times. Look at the guy in the White House. These are urgent times. Somebody needs to make that case. I have yet to hear any potential Republican make that case.
0: Uh, He also, before we get into the conversation, had a a little more harsh words to say uh, about Donald Trump.
4: For the life of me, John, I don't know why any other Republican can't say this. It's got nothing to do with the debt and the deficits, that's a concern. It's got nothing to do with his bad, horrible tariffs, they are bad and horrible. He is a bad man who, and we don't talk about this enough, John, millions and millions of American children every single day in this country are learning, they're paying attention, they're learning that it's okay to lie and be a bully and be cruel. Um, The only way you primary Donald Trump and beat him is to expose him for the con man he is. And if I did it, John, that's what I do. I'd punch him every single day.
0: Glenn, Joe Walsh, 2020. Joe Joe Walsh,
2: life's been good to you so far. (laughs) Not much longer. Uh, You know, God bless him if he really believes that. Um, He's not going to make an impact. You're going to punch him every day? You're going to expose him for the liar that he is? Is he calling this president a liar? Because everybody in America has been calling him a liar for, well, three years now. Uh, I mean, we know he is truth challenged. We know he's a bully. Truth (laughs) challenged. Well, That's a very nice term. I like it. I don't want to be, like (laughs) you know, I'm not an ableist. (laughs) Um, we, We know that, we know these things. We know these things. What we don't know is who can stop the radical left and uh, and who the person is on our side that actually believes in anything more than Donald Trump does. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think he believes in gun. I think he believes in gun control. I do. Mm -hmm. And I think we might get some in his second term. Uh, and I think that's or really vast. I mean, they're talking about it still yeah. now, although he's I mean, kind of maybe signaled some backing off of that. But who knows? Who knows? Um, but I don't I mean, I don't think he'll get it in his first term yeah. uh, because people will say, um, you know, where, you know, uh, I, I voted for you in yeah. the election matter. So he'll, he might. But that's not one of his core principles. So we might get some. Um, but we we do know what his core principles are. And they are tariffs, which are awful. Um, and uh, it is Israel, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think it is anti-war, which I think is pretty good for the first time in my life. I'm kind of glad we have somebody who's like not ready to go get him. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that's a core principle of his.
0: Well, it, and we also know the core principles of the people on the other side that he's running against. And
2: we all, and what we don't know are the core principles of anybody that wants to run against him mm-hmm. as far as in the GOP. I can tell you what the core principles are of the GOP. There is. Um,
1: <laughs> and then there's also. Uh, cut out there a bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh. I mean, that's what it is. There's nothing. There's no. nothing. They don't believe in anything. But you can see the people who are saying this about, well, oh, maybe I'll primary Trump. They don't make a case for themselves. They don't say this is what I'm going to do. This is I'm not Trump. That's not going to do it. Orange be- man,
0: bad is now yeah. coming from both sides. I mean,
1: no. People like Trump, and it's it's fine. But you know, you can't come out and say I'm not Trump and say that's going to win. Well, he won. So why do you think not being him is going to be a successful strategy? I don't understand that.
3: Like, I, I'm not one of the people who think a primary challenge is some evil thing. I mean, like I, more choices the better. No. Uh, frankly, um, you know, I don't I don't mind that. Joe Walsh is not the guy. I think it's quite clear. He was the, probably the biggest cheerleader for Donald Trump in 2016. <laughs> I mean, hard. the guy was like. Guy was like basically like Breitbart times 10 throughout 2016, and now all of a sudden he thinks he's the worst guy in the world. Why? Uh, I, I don't know what that transition is. I mean, he keeps talking about, you know, his, his character issues. and like, But that was very obvious coming into character this. Character issues. You yeah. yeah. who he was. You yeah. yeah. know who he is. His wife knows who he is. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious. I mean, I, you know, you look at other people who have talked about this, be it Justin Amash or Mark Sanford, who are serious people, right? Like, they actually, you might not like them. You might think Trump is better. There's no evidence to think any of them could have any chance of beating Donald Trump in a primary. But they are serious people who have legitimate criticisms, many of them very principled against Donald Trump and I don't I don't think that I don't think it's a bad thing to have competition right competition you know, a lot of times can make a candidate stronger anyway it's just that Joe Walsh is like you know the, right. the last guy in the universe you'd think I mean legitimately like he was like on the level of I mean think of anybody who was supporting Donald Trump he was like Michael Cohen uh, <laughs> during the election and he's had a Michael Cohen sort of transition
2: <laughs> yeah, you, if you're going to replace him you have to be a principled person
3: and and you know Justin Amash but not as an independent Mm -hmm.
2: Justin won't won't do it talking
3: about doing it in the Republican Party. And like he has no chance of winning. But I mean, Mark Sanford, like him or not, is a serious person who has a very conservative record, a good record as a as a congressman and a governor. Not always uh, on the scandal issues, but, uh, you know, he at least has an argument as to, like, what's different between him and, and Walsh, I mean, Walsh saying like, oh, well, you know, it's not about the debt and it's not about tariffs. It's about his character. Well, everybody's blabbing on about his character. Everyone knows that. Everyone's priced that in already. Yeah,
1: everybody made their decision on that in 2016. There's it's been not, almost no focus on the debt,
3: right? And almost none from Republicans. I mean, that is a, it would at least be an issue. It would be interesting to discuss.
0: Yeah. Is this election, Glenn, do you think that it's too important? There's too much to lose to have to deal with a, another challenger on the Republican no. side?
2: No, I would like to see no independent run. Okay. You know, that's what that's how Woodrow Wilson got in.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: He was not supposed to win, uh, and he won because of a three-way, well, it was Roosevelt.
1: And as
3: Sanford said, he wants to run as a Republican, and if Trump wins the primary, he would vote for Trump. Right? I mean, I, so, like, I, I don't think that these, I don't think these things are going to happen, honestly. There might be, I mean, Walsh might jump in there. Because, you know, what, is, what does Joe Walsh have to lose, honestly? Right. Um, so may, one of these guys might it's jump country. in there. country. Just saying. Well, th- not from a not from a primary challenge from Joe Walsh. I mean, if anything, he has a he has a chance to kind of personally raise his profile, but he's not going to make any damage in that primary. They're not even going to have a debate. Like he, th- if it's Joe Walsh versus Donald Trump and Bill Weld, who's already in there, right? Have you heard anything about him? Is he is he affecting Donald Trump in any negative way? Mm-hmm. No. I mean, they're not they're not even at the point where they will have a debate. This is not even a primary at this point. Um, it really isn't. It's not like uh, Bill Bradley and Al Gore back in the day. Like this is not even a primary. No one is going to jump in there that actually has a chance of beating him.
1: And I find myself skeptical that they're not doing it for personal profile, for to get on TV and talk about it for a couple of days. Do I believe that they're really going to try to primary and go through and make a challenge? No, not really. I think it's most maybe of the time. his
0: radio ratings were just low, and he wanted some <laughs> extra <laughs> and extra do boost. We're talking about him now, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Back in a minute.
3: So, um, it's dumb. I bought them, <laughs>
0: Glenn. Glenn, you've got a, a show coming up.
2: Christmas stories. Um, we've we haven't done this in about ten years. It is they're great, great holiday stories. Um, you will laugh. You'll cry. It will become a part of you. Uh, there's only one show, one city, one night only, December 7th, Salt Lake City. Get your tickets. Almost sold out, Stu?
3: Yeah, it's getting pretty close. Yeah,
2: um, so grab your tickets now. Uh, they're on sale. You can get them at glenbeck.com. Just look for Christmas Stories with Glenn Beck. Follow the links and we'll get you set up.
0: I feel like he's sending us a message making the show all the way in Utah where mm-hmm. we, like, what, what if I want to go watch it?
2: Your, the tickets are all sold out. You. But
0: you just said <laughs> that you just said that there are still some left. Not for you.
2: Not not for, not you. for you. they just no, sold no, they're not no. close enough for you. No, no.
0: You go uh, oh wait, I just got a notification on my phone, they are entirely sold out. No. Oh Rough darn it.
4: Roughly, you think it's now
2: flambeck.com.
3: <laughs> so uh Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com.
0: March for Our Lives. Yes, they're still around. David Hogg. I
3: know. Oh, yeah. I was wondering what is. I know that name. March yes. for Our Lives. Yes. 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 That's the anti-gun thing. It
0: is. Yeah, post- it is. Parkland. From the experts. The Dave. children, David, David Hog. Yes. Uh, so they unveiled a sweeping gun control proposal that they, of course, are trying to get all of the Democratic candidates running for president to latch onto. They're calling it a peace plan for a safer America. Uh, let me just tell you yeah, a couple the of the yes, mm. a couple of the elements: uh, a national licensing and registry system for guns and ammunition, sure. a ban and mandatory buyback program for assault weapons. Mm-hmm. A ban on high-capacity magazines, uh, raising the age for all gun purchases to 21. Wow. I mean, they would know, because mm-hmm. none of them are 21 yet. Mm-hmm. A federal version of extreme risk protection orders, commonly known as red flag laws. A limit, this is an interesting one, a limit of one firearm purchase per month. Okay. <laughs> Only the one per month. I not heard that one before. A ban on...
3: for the subscription box business. <laughs> <laughs> ban
0: on all firearm and ammunition sales or transfers, including gun parts... And then a creation. What was that? A ban on all online firearm and ammunition sales or transfers, including gun parts. Oh God! Okay. And the creation of a national director of gun violence prevention who will report directly to the president.
1: What does that person
0: do? Reports directly to the president. Got it. I mean, they direct gun violence prevention, Aaron. Obviously, that's it's it's in the title. Duh. I might apply. I'm just wondering. Uh, still,
3: basically, a collection of everything that they could theoretically justify that polls well, yeah. I would say, I mean, none of that's going to do anything. I mean, we've, we've tried, like, for example, the New Jersey passed the high capacity magazine uh, ban, and uh, go to com. you can read all about it. Uh, in which they have so far collected zero, <laughs> it's been in effect for I think eight months, and they've collected zero high capacity magazines from everyone. Now, there's supposedly millions of them out there that are illegal now because of these new laws, they lost they've them. collected Zero million. Um, so it's, a, it's not quite to there, but we're, we're getting there. Um, you know, and a lot of this stuff is, you know, stuff that's been tried. The red flag laws has all. We've talked mm-hmm. about that recently, so I won't rehash that one. Another one I think that's interesting is the, um, you know, the the background check situation. The you know, background check, uh, a gun advocacy, you know, gun control advocacy organization released a poll in Maine saying I think it was 87 percent of people support um, uh, universal background checks. And that's that's consistent with the polling around the nation on the topic. However, they also had a referendum for for people in Maine to vote on it. When it actually came down to vote and they actually saw the details of the proposal, it failed 52 to 48. Um, So in reality, these things aren't as popular as the polls like to tell you. People, generally speaking, will say, well, yeah, I don't think you should be able to buy a gun online. Um, We can't. I mean, you can't. That's why they say or transfers, because you can't. It's, it's not like Amazon. You can't go buy a gun and they're going to send it to your house. It's not the way this works unless you're doing it, you know, on, on Silk Road with Bitcoin. Um, you know, there was a, a story today about um, a woman from Business Insider a reporter who went and decided, you know, I'm going to show how easy it is to buy a gun at Walmart. Um, and just like it's always sunny in Philadelphia, they found out that it's not easy to buy a gun at a gun show or Walmart. At mm-hmm. uh, Walmart, she tried online, could not even find. The, the Walmart wasn't even listing what shops sold guns online. She called. She couldn't get them to tell them where she could go buy a gun. Eventually, she got to a place, got a gun. Her license did not match her actual address, and she got rejected from purchasing it. And she said at the end, my, my in summary... My uh, what I found was that Walmart took this really seriously. They took security seriously. They were not trying to push guns on anyone, and I, uh, you know, it was different than I expected. First of all, congratulations for someone who actually is doing a job of reporting yeah, and letting the facts change your mind, right? Like that's impressive in this day and age. But also, like it's not unexpected if you're someone who owns a gun or is familiar with the Second Amendment. Um, the people who take it most seriously are the people who are in the business and actually care if they sell a gun to someone else who. When they go kill a bunch of people, their store, not to mention the people are dead, but also their store's on TV for six months and they probably close it down. These are not things that people who run businesses want
1: and people who are gun owners don't want them to be used this way. Aaron? I look at things like this and it's just to set the conversation, it's just to put these proposals out there, I imagine next month that we'll see the Democratic candidates have to answer for this. What do you think about the March for Our Lives proposal? Some of them, a lot of them will probably say, oh, I support it because it looks better to support it than to say, oh, let's be more moderate on gun control. And then one person goes left, the other person goes left, and suddenly it becomes the Democratic Party platform. And that's what these advocacy groups do. You know, we saw it with the Green New Deal. who was it, the Sunrise Movement, one of those advocacy groups? They put out these things that are just so far, like it seems so far left, and you think, no way. But then slowly it creeps and becomes sort of the standard, and then suddenly you're looking around like, This is the conversation, Mm -hmm. and it might not matter now with Trump in the office and Republicans controlling Senate, but things will change eventually, and suddenly this will be the sort of stuff that we'll be battling against, and if we don't take it somewhat seriously now to refute it and things like that, then we might be in a position that we don't wanna be in
3: i say, too, like this isn't even the Green New Deal. Like The Green New Deal was really insane, right? Like you're talking about things like, you know, banning cows <laughs> I mean, to get the <laughs> most ridiculous or, or, you know, retrofitting every bu- building in America. Yeah. These were completely bonkers proposals. The, this one, actually, as you describe it, I mean, it tramples all over the Constitution, and it's absolutely unconstitutional in about 10 different ways. Um, but really, the only, the only thing that hasn't been proposed by, I would say, every single Democratic candidate is the uh, ban and buyback. The ban is pretty friendly to almost every candidate. The buyback goes a little further. I'd say there's a legitimate split among de- Democratic candidates on that. Um, you know, We saw this as the, essentially the Australia proposal. Now, if you asked about Australia back just a few years ago, they would say, that's crazy. We would never do that. that that's Why are you even bringing that up? Um, of course, Obama brought it up many times. A lot of Democrats bring it up. Um, They bought back a bunch of guns, uh, and it did not change their murder rates at all. It it literally did nothing, according to two major studies inside the country, not by conservative organizations. The University of Melbourne was one of them, where they said specifically it had no effect at all on on, on gun homicide rates. Uh, These things just aren't effective. They make you feel good, though, and that's really all our society seems to care about anymore.
0: Well, that's what's frustrating, too, is I just wish just one of the candidates would be like, I'm not really going to take my gun control policy from... Kids who just graduated high school? Like, why? why? We're not allowed to say that anymore.
3: No. And, like, just because you're involved in a tragedy does not make you an expert on such things. You know, like, we all wanted to listen to what the people who were victims of 9 11 uh, were, you know, for example, uh, said afterwards. Of course, like, you want to hear from them, but it does not make them pilots. They're not aviation (laughs) experts afterwards. Like, this is. Or
0: terrorism experts. Right,
3: exactly. That's just not the way it works. Um, You know, it because they're children and because our society, you know, we we have elements of democracy here and those things are good. I do think we're actually we've actually gone the wrong way. I mean, we go back to 2000 and it was like, rock the vote, rock the vote, rock the vote. And it's like, get all these kids out to the polls. And of course, we obviously know, like MTV just wants to get people who are going to vote Democrat to the polls. I understand that. Like, I think we've honestly gone the the opposite at this point. Like, if you're not really following these things, if you're not really engaged, don't rock the vote. Stay (laughs) home. Just, (laughs) just, just, uh, because, I mean, it's okay. And even if you think you might vote for Donald Trump or you think you might vote for Republicans or libertarians or whatever, like, if you're not going to get informed on these issues then don't bother.
1: Yeah, we encourage know? people to go just do something and say something. Yes, it's not enough. It's yeah. Yeah. The worst thing now is to be quiet. Now, so we send 16-year-olds out to make grand speeches on national stages, and they're not equipped for that.
3: Yeah, and to, you know, look, people like David Hogg have obviously at this point gone through these things. They, I mean, they, look, he makes a lot of bad points, and he's, not, he's, ju- he's certainly more educated than the people who are going on the Young Turks every night, right? So, I mean, like, I don't even... At least he's engaged. I just don't... I think we... You, you point. This is a great point, Aaron. It's like it's like the the idea that we just tell people to do something. There are steps before that. Like, <laughs> do does anyone recognize that there are other steps? Like, number one, understanding the topic. <laughs> number two, weighing the options and the negative consequences. Number three, maybe it's do something. Like, we're like you know like you look at the there there's some I can't remember what award it was, but some big award went to some climate activist who was like twelve because she like showed yeah. up and like was like and it's like. Come on, like they, you should not be taking your advice from twelve-year-olds on the. Client. And the
1: pressure it puts on the kids to continue to do something or continue yeah. to maintain that—it's it's not healthy. I don't. Yeah,
3: yeah I, I, kids. I really, honestly, would love them to just be kids. I know when I when I was in high school, I walked out of uh, my high school several times to protest something. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I knew I was leaving school. Uh, I did not know what it was, and it's like this sort of praising constant activism. We realize, I think, as you get older, you realize how much of how much of activism is just nonsense. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just feeling good and getting in the right. Again, I bring it up with Saul with Sunny in Philadelphia again, but there's a, one of the first episodes of that show is uh, the the gang gets an abortion. I can't remember the name of it, but they they all decide they're gonna go go to an abortion protest, and then they see all the pretty girls are on the ant- the pro life side, so they switch sides and they go check. <laughs> and it's like that's kind of what 90% of activism is, right? like, is. That's what college is. That's certainly what it is in college. Yeah. And like I, you know, the idea of just praising activism because activism in and of itself is good is just kind of ridiculous. It's a flaw in our society, not something to praise. Learn a lot about the topic. Understand what you're doing. Try to figure it out. Instead, this is what raises populism, right? If you're worried about things, like if you don't like Donald Trump and you're on the left, populism you know, permeates both sides. But, like, he, his version is, is this of the right. Like, there's a lot of people who are out there who are going to rallies because Donald Trump's a celebrity and saying, build the wall because, you know, like, it's a big, important thing and they don't, but, you know, like, how many of the people know that, you know, I mean, the wall is going to stop, what, 10% maybe of illegal immigration? Maybe. You know, it's a small part, a small slice of that solution. Um, And even if you like it, you know, but it's just kind of just thrown out there like red meat to the audience. And the left has this times 10 going on. And because our society just says activism is good, activism is good, activism is good. Go wash cars for this cause. Go buy this CD for that cause. I mean, it's just it winds up being sort of like a, a thing that's praised. You know, in the way that Obama was praised for saying uh, hope and
1: change. Mm-hmm. Well, hope and change to what? Well, hope you know, for what? You know what they say now is that if you do nothing, you're complicit in X, Y, Z. So they make the guilt trip you if you stay on the sidelines and say, I'm going to evaluate this. You right. have to do something. Otherwise, the next murder is on you.
3: I like it. Do more nothing. That's my new policy. <laughs> do more nothing.
0: Uh, speaking of activists who know nothing. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, of course, could not waste uh, an opportunity to spout about things uh, that she knows nothing about. She was, I don't even know where she was. She was somewhere in flyover country. And uh, here's what she so lov adorably put out on her Instagram live story. Watch. All right, everyone. It's been a minute. We're coming to you. Live from the Electoral College,
2: many votes here, as you can see, very efficient way to choose leadership of the country. Um,
0: I mean, I can't
1: think of any other way, can you?
0: So taking some digs at the Electoral College, she went on to film some uh, more stories, Instagram stories, in which she said that the Electoral College is racially unjust and that it was not the the most effective way to, to do things.
3: Has you ever been to even upstate New York? <laughs> I mean, you drive through uh, forty five minutes out of New York, you could drive through places that look just like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. this is not. Uh, and I guess what people in those places don't
0: don't get, don't don't matter, don't as, matter as much matter apparently. As much. That's that's but, a fascinating. But you're the yeah. racist one for believing that the Electoral College should stay. Yeah, and I mean, not don't you guys know the Electoral
1: still? College only elects white. Pro- Wait a minute. Oh, oh wait. Gosh. Shoot. Oh, my gosh. Not just the
0: one time. Mm-hmm. Twice. But twice in a row. Imagine that. Huh. So it's not racist, is it? Interesting. Um, Stu, yeah. I feel like... I, I wonder, does she even know the purpose? Do you think she knows the purpose and she's just trying to rile up her base and throw out racism? Or do you think she truly is uneducated enough that she doesn't understand why we have the Electoral College?
3: I think... I mean, I think... In in all honesty, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has, like, you know, um, the assistant to an editor at Daily Coast sort of understanding. Like, it's not like she's never heard a case against the Electoral College, Mm -hmm. but she doesn't seem to have any of these things mastered. She's sort of heard it. She's probably read an article where they bashed it. And there are cases. I mean, the the left has been making You you go back, you know, 100 years and find cases against the Electoral College. It's not a new argument, but she doesn't seem to understand it at all. Right. Um, And that's kind of, I think, the issue. I mean, you you know, the idea of having a popular vote only right to to do these things, you know, the arguments are well worn, right? We understand why they, the founding fathers didn't do that. We understand? I mean, why would she? She certainly wouldn't be driving through that field if it wasn't for the electoral college. You know, <laughs> she I would know. never visit a place like that. She doesn't seem to be have ever been out of Queens. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, it it is very, it's very, it's a very standard sort of left wing argument. Though, one that is fringe, right? It's like there's been a fringe position in the Democratic Party for a long time that, to get rid of this thing. Um, you know, the fact that it's being promoted and, and turning... It, it's a very a very good summary of, like, our social media coverage that, you know, you get someone who um, is elevated... Way too quickly to a role of power, um, and then she just kind of constantly, you know, walks around like sideshow Bob and steps on a rake and it hits her in the face, and then she walks the other direction and another rake hits her in the face. It's her whole life right now.
1: It's, it's an easy. It's, an it's easy sad. Case. It's an easy case to make when you're representing the Bronx and Queens to yeah. be like, oh, these electoral college doesn't right. mean anything to me. Like, of course it doesn't, yeah. but it's not <laughs> for you and right. your. Right. You know, it's not for that.
0: But the person in Iowa's vote should count just as much as yours should.
1: You know, you say it's a fringe stance, but it's funny that, like, you're hearing more candidates say it. I think Elizabeth Warren said abolish the Electoral College. I know Mm -hmm. Beto O'Rourke has said it because of its ties to slavery, three-fifths compromise, whatever he said, you know, some kind of argument. It's the exact opposite of
3: what the three-fifths compromise was. Right,
1: but they're they're throwing these buzzwords out there and they're good at saying things on a surface level that people can kind of say, okay, that makes sense when you present it like that. Mm -hmm. That falls apart with a little bit of digging, but Mm -hmm. people don't do a little bit of digging on stuff like this. Yeah,
3: I mean, Think of the just the protections of voter fraud when it comes to electoral college. It would be impossible to hack a national election in the United States right now because, well, how would you even do it? You'd have to figure out where the vote... Yeah. It would not be hard to do if you had a national popular vote, right? Like you could go anywhere where there's a friendly area. Think about this for a minute: Alexandria, Casio, Cortez. Think of the reddest district in this country. Think of the deepest red where you don't trust those people at all. Where every one of those people is nothing but a hardcore racist. What do you think they'd be doing to the polls when those votes count without any change? um, You know, uh, without any control of the Electoral College. Um, The electoral card is really freaking important. What good does it do? Go to the reddest district in Texas right now and somebody, you know, manufactures a few thousand votes. What good does that do? Republicans already win the state. It makes no difference at all. Yeah. Go on the other side of that. Uh, it's a, there's a huge difference. They, every single one of these states with all the protections of all the evil Republicans that you hate will be able to manufacture votes all over the place. It would be a really bad thing on a million levels. And uh, obviously, we can all point out what would happen uh, on the other foot as well. We, we'd be it'd be fraud versus fraud. Who's best at it?
1: Yeah, and you know why this is becoming a thing now. You see the projections that say Trump is in a good position to win 2020 while losing the popular vote again. You know, it could be even a wider margin this time. They look at that and they say, well, now... The Electoral College is evil because it worked against us in 2016. It might work against us in 2020. So they're just trying to get ahead of it and sort of undermine it so where when they eventually have some sort of stronger influence, they can do something about it. Yeah,
3: and a big part of this, the reason why that may, very well may happen and certainly a good reason why it happened last time is because Democrats are running campaigns for cities only. They're running campaigns with, with policies that woke 29-year-old millennials in Manhattan think are awesome. So they keep saying all these things, and yeah, they agree with you there. But guess what? They don't agree with you in these other places. And they just keep, I mean, look at all of their policies. They're all very city-friendly and city-centric. And it goes all the way to global warming. Like they, they say that the global, you know, when you talk per capita, you're going to get less emissions from a person there. They're constantly putting pressures on rural communities and saying those people aren't worth, aren't worth your time and the people in the cities are. And that's why the Electoral College, you're, you have to go everywhere. You have to try to win everything. Um, and, you know, I mean, not to mention resources and all these things. They, when would you ever visit anything that wasn't a city, Republican or Democrat? When would you ever visit anything that wasn't a city if it was a national popular vote? But there is, you're right, a serious movement. I shouldn't downplay it that much because I think they're you know, they they're up at uh, almost 200 electoral votes that have signed on for this national yeah. compact mm-hmm. where you would change the way your, city, your state votes um, when it comes to the final vote, and just vote on on popular vote, and I think that's unlikely. I think it's possible that it would be overturned as well as unconstitutional anyway. Although that's questionable, um, because the Constitution kind of supports the idea that a state can figure this out on their own. Bottom line, though, is that uh, it is actually. I mean, it is. It's moved from the fringe. A hundred years ago, it was fringe. Now it's really not.
0: Yeah. Um, by the way, I appreciate you singling out Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez a few moments ago, because as you know, she is a subscriber, and she will be watching this program.
3: Oh, she so. definitely, I wish she would watch one time. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just one time. Once. I mean, at least Elizabeth Warren at one point was a Republican, which is very strange. That is really weird. weird. They say the same thing about Ocasio-Cortez, though. Supposedly she was in, in college, was That's a Republican, right. right? Like, she was uh, studying not heard this Adam thing. Smith and uh, and all this. It's hard to believe. I mean, I mean, she did go through BU, right? Like, she had to at least see a book occasionally. I think.
0: I wonder if it was, maybe it was like a, a boyfriend. She was trying to impress a boyfriend. Or that, something.
3: Does, that does make some sense. It's like a phase. See, look at you, you're sexist. <laughs> See, okay, you sexist. Attacking a newly elected men. woman of color. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> yesterday's poll should Trump log off Twitter for good, or do you want the tweets to keep coming? 74% of you. I mean, 70%. to be
3: fair, we did ask this on Twitter. I mean, so I mean, <laughs> That's if you're asking
1: <laughs> people who.
0: Yeah.
3: He basically runs the website, let's be honest about it.
0: These polls are scientific, Uh and I don't want you to say anything to prove me otherwise.
3: It's about as bad as a poll looks for Donald Trump, though, on Twitter. I mean, people, (laughs) there's definitely a a core uh, group out there just like, all right, Don, we love you, but come on.
0: Yeah, it's true. Yeah, 26% said put the phone down, (laughs) please. Uh, Today's poll, should Trump end birthright citizenship for children of illegal immigrants? He did come out and say that he's considering it today. um, And I think what he called it very ridiculous. Uh, or something else Trumpian that he said. Still, what do you think?
3: Um, he's brought this up before. He ran on this. Um, he has not really made a move to it. Again, I think this is this, he seems to be just throwing policies out there right now to see if something catches on. I really wanted the the payroll tax thing to catch on. <laughs> it has not so far. He's seemed to already back off of that one. Um, you know, look, it, it does set up really bad incentives. I think the, the idea of someone... Um, you know who being born here as an immigrant and having citizenship has like some positive motivations to it but we see how it's being abused mm-hmm. i mean you know it's, it's honestly it has nothing to do with um, it, it's this very small part of that it has to do with uh, central america a lot of it is asia um, people come and th- it's essentially tourism mm-hmm. you come and you're 9 months pregnant you stick around for a little while have a baby and then you get the dual citizenship um, it. I mean, they have it.
0: businesses that do this, yep. mm-hmm.
3: and you pay thousands and thousands of dollars to do it. Uh, it's something that should not be abused like it is, um, and it, it's it's a little bit it's a little bit too common, uh, honestly. There there could be things to to do on that. I, I don't think it makes a lot of sense to say someone who would come here as an illegal immigrant and give birth here is uh, is a citizen. I think you could make the argument that if you are legally here. Um, obviously if you're a citizen you automatically are but i mean even if you're legally here on a green card or you're doing you, something like that you can at least make the argument yeah to say when you're breaking the law to come here and get citizenship that does not seem to make much sense
1: Aaron? i'm going to do something that you're not really supposed to do and say i'm going to think about it ooh uh, think
0: about it. i'm not sure you no no you're, you're doing, you have, have doing no doing to no i do something hot take, hot I'm
3: hot take. Take. but i'm no no <laughs> I, I, I mean it's it, it, it's not to it's me, not that simple. I yeah. mean, there's a lot to it. There's a very lot important. to it. I mean, I think there's are, there are things that are positive about it, um, but it is being abused. If, at the very least, we should have a little bit of freedom to be able to do that. However, you know, I mean, like and there are there are conservative constitutional arguments that really the, the, the amendment doesn't really cover birthright citizenship. But I think overall, like you, you do probably do need to amend the Constitution to change that. And, and I, I can't imagine that's happening in this environment.
0: Uh, Aaron, next time you're on the program, I yeah. demand an answer. From <laughs> I you.
3: want it, and I want that take to be hot. It's gonna be hot. All right. Don't have me on this week.
0: Uh. <laughs> oh, you need, I need more time to think about oh it. My, well, tomorrow's Friday, <laughs> so yeah, you you'll have some time. All right, thank you guys for being here. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it is hard.
1: I think being thoughtful is an evil. I don't think he should. I don't think he specifically should do it right now.